the Action Network podcast, named best betting podcast or radio show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. This is the football weekend betting review and weekday preview. I'm Stucky, and with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. Fresh off of the trip to Vegas, you're back now, right? Yeah, I didn't have any kids this weekend. My family all canceled on everything, so uh, the fiancé and I decided that since I have about 30 to 35 tickets in the safe from, like, the Masters from March Madness – like things that I've been needing to cash out for a really long time. Uh, flights were like 45 bucks. We had all the hand sanitizer and masks we needed and uh, flew into town for 36 hours and got all of our uh, tickets exchanged, picked up some basketball tickets and, and I got a full uh, day of college football betting in. And it's uh, if you guys have been out there, uh, everybody listening, it's a, uh, it's a different world. It's a different experience. The social distancing, the, the, plastic walls on the poker tables and the blackjack tables. We try to get an outdoor patio. It was a three-hour wait. Vegas is a trip right now. So we got in and out in 36 hours and uh, hopefully as safe as possible. All right. We will get to a recap of college football. We will talk some Monday night football. And we will also get to some college football. We have a Tuesday morning game and then we have a couple Thursday games that we'll touch on quickly. We don't want to go too in-depth because it's four days away. Who knows what's going to get canceled, but we'll see if Colin has any initial thoughts. We'll also get your voicemails, as always. But before we do that, let's do a quick recap of a wild day in the NFL. We had Thanksgiving. You know, the Lions have since fired their coach. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. The Ravens have... New pot, they're down up to seven offensive starters, won't play on Tuesday. The Broncos didn't have a quarterback available today and had to go to Kendall Hinton. Uh, they signed up for the practice squad as a receiver. He's practicing as a receiver. They called him up to play quarterback. They were using him. They were running wildcat. It didn't work out well. He finished one of nine for 13 yards and two picks. One completion, two picks. Taysom Hill was nine of 16 for 78 yards and a pick. And the Saints won 31 to 3. Uh, just an absolute disaster of a game. How did it get? Can you explain to people how we got to Kendall Hinton? Because two years ago, you and I were podcasting, and we didn't know his status because he was suspended for the first three games. And then he, and then he got moved out to wide receiver, right? Like, if he even turned yeah. out to be a quarterback and, at Wake, and now he's starting for the Broncos. Why didn't they go get Sam Neuer over at the Buffaloes and say, hey, well, you know, get off this amateur shit and come be the Broncos quarterback? Well, they actually petitioned the league to have the, one of their coaches be, you, as the quarterback who actually played quarterback at James Madison before, uh, but the league denied it. So that shows you the confidence they had in Kendall Hinton. But they were running a lot of wildcat with Philip Lindsay, who ended up getting hurt. It was a valiant effort by the Denver D. There was a couple bad turnovers that 
Denver had, and uh, yeah, they didn't really have much of a shot. Tennessee statement statement win going into Indianapolis and just blowing the doors off the Colts, forty five to twenty six. It's Derek Henry feasting season. He had twenty seven for one seventy eight and three touchdowns. Tennessee takes the lead in that division. Derek Henry, by the way, I mean next up, Browns. Jags, Lions, the Packers shitty run D and the Texans shitty run D. Let me ask you a question with the weather coming up and everything. And you and I saw this live and in person for the Ravens Titans game together last year. Speaking of the Cosmo, is this the team that wins the AFC with Derrick Henry and the shitty weather in the playoffs? I mean, maybe it's so the Chiefs are still the favorite, but right. And the I can't see the Titans really getting any stops against the Chiefs, but yeah, if you're going to control the, the clock, keep Mahomes on the sideline, get a bad weather game. Sure, it could happen. The AFC is really deep. Once once the Ravens get healthy, you know, the Colts are still a player. You have the Steelers. There's uh, – the AFC playoffs should be fun. Speaking of other teams the AFC, I mean, the Browns, they get their eighth win of the year. They still have a negative point differential. They win by two over the Jags and Mike Lennon. The Browns just – I mean, they have the Titans coming up next week. We'll learn a little bit more about them. Yeah, you got to give them credit. They're probably going to the playoffs, but there's a lot of worrying signs if you're a Browns fan. The Raiders lay an absolute egg, egg, losing 43-6 to at Atlanta. There was just turn fumbles and turnovers. It got so bad, Nathan Peterman got in the game. Matt Ryan only threw for 185 yards. Boy, Jones didn't even play. And the Falcons won 43-6. to uh, I mean, just the, an absolute shocking score. I guess the uh, Raiders were a little hungover after that Chiefs loss last week. They dropped to 6-5. and five. Rounding out the AFC – the Dolphins convincing win against the Jets. Adam Gase said the offense is going to look a lot different this week. Sam Darnold back, all the weapons. Now they scored three points. Uh, the Jets lose again. They lose 20-3. to three. They don't cover. My proudest accomplishment of the year so far is I'm 1-0 betting on the Jets. The Buffalo Bills win 27-17. Our producer will be happy. And they cover. Yeah! You just can't bet Anthony Lynn. Uh, it's just, it's a, they they complete a hail mary to get down to the inside the five. Uh, just an improbable hail mary. After they completed a hail mary the play before, but there was offensive pass interference. If you're a Chargers backer, you're you know you're catching five, six, whatever. You're like I'm getting to the end zone here. There's 40 seconds when he catches the ball. They come up, they they run a running play, no timeouts, and then they throw it in the ground. Just the absolute horrifying. Ending if you had the Chargers. And the right move is to come up, spike it, kick a field goal, then try to get the onside kick, and then try to score a touchdown. They didn't even do that. But to not um, – I mean, Anthony Lynn, it's just the coaching it, isn't, strategy. It's so bad, God. Isn't that the rule for you and me, though? Like, you should be fired in the NFL when your team becomes unteasable. Like, for all the Browns coaches and the Chargers coach, like, if you're unteasable as a coach, you got to go. It's bad. So the Bills hold on to win 27-17. We saw the Texans win uh, over the Lions on Thanksgiving. Moving on to, well, I guess it's the Patriots. They pulled out a win in one of the ugliest games of the day. I mean, as an overbacker, it was torture to watch. The Patriots had a, a punt return touchdown call back for some random block. The Cardinals at the end of the half looked like they scored a touchdown, but they didn't. An ugly game. Cam Newton finished 9 of 18 for 84 yards and two picks, and the Patriots still win 20 to 17. 
Hey, wins a win, but it wasn't pretty and uh, an ugly loss for Arizona in a very winnable game. Could end up costing them a playoff spot. In the NFC, we saw Washington dismantle Dallas on Thanksgiving, and the Giants get a win. They held on. They get a win. That's Look, the Eagles have to keep pace. We'll get to that game later in the uh, trash can of the NFC East, but the Giants are now in first place in the NFC East. After they beat the Bengals 19-17, Minnesota wins a wild one. I had the money line. They give up to start the fourth, to start the third quarter. They're up 10-7. They give up back-to-back fumble return for touchdowns, returned by the same player on the Panthers, Jeremy Chip. First time in NFL history that's happened. The same player returns a fumble return for a touchdown on back-to-back plays. The Panthers go up somehow. The Vikings come all the way back. They score 18 points. And they also muffed the punt. That's what I thought the game was over. They muffed the punt at the end, down three. And the Panthers took over inside the 10. The Vikings hold them to a field goal. So they're down six. Kirk Cousins goes all the way down the field, throws a touchdown to Chad Beebe. Then the Panthers get the ball with 40 seconds left. They end up getting a field goal attempt, but Joey Slide misses it. Wild game. Vikings keep their playoff hopes Slim playoff hopes, but playoff hopes alive with a 28-27 victory. The Chiefs win 27-24. Props to the Bucks for just hanging in there to get us the back door and getting in there by the hook. I mean, Mahomes at the end, you only trust him to do that. He rolls out, completes the pass to end the game. Brady had some bad throws, some bad picks, some overthrows. He ended up throwing for 350. Mahomes was amazing as always. Tyree killed 200-plus yards in the first quarter. He ended up finishing with 13 catches on 15 targets for 269 yards and three touchdowns. The Bucs dropped their second straight, and the Chiefs keep rolling, but they're still the number two seed in the AFC. And as of now, with the seven teams, that means they wouldn't get a bye because the Steelers are still undefeated. All right, so that'll do it for your NFL Week 12 recap. Uh, it was a profitable weekend for me in the NFL, not in college. I had, some, I had a lucky weekend a couple weekends ago. It was a very unlucky weekend for me. I had Arizona hurt a lot, especially after their quarterback went down on the first play. The Georgia Southern under, and they blew, blew the lead in the fourth quarter again. But they fumble at the 20 at the end of the game, so Georgia State kicks a field goal to put that over. There's some bad, some bad breaks, but those will happen. Colin, you had a very good college football weekend. We'll get into our best call, worst call, bet regret, but we'll let you guys tell the story. Actually, before we get to the voice let me just say this. I called, it's not going to be on here, Sean Lewis. I had Kent State. Bet regret, by the way, he's not betting that over. I mean, what were you doing that entire game? I called in, my voicemail was all muffled, and you couldn't really hear it. The fourth and ones, field goals, fourth and one punts. Were you watching the same game? Jared Patterson, by the way, he was 19 yards away from the NCAA record, and he was at the 19-yard line at the end, and they didn't let him run. I mean, that was ridiculous. The announcer was pissed. I was going through Sean Lewis' box scores. I think this happened last year, too. I did this fourth-and-one punch shit. Like, when you and fourth-and-one field goals. Like, yeah, you, I, they were, you were giving up 12 yards of carry. You weren't getting any stops. Like, outrageous. Uh, I called for that. And then also, stay, sticking in the map, Eastern Michigan. Do you want to recap that one? One of the worst beats of the year. I'm not sure I am emotionally available to handy, handicap what happened here at the end with Preston Hutchinson dominating Central Michigan. And then this, and then, you know, this pitch or this shovel or whatever the hell this was within their own 20 
that Central Michigan recovered and scored on. Uh, another fumble comes later. And really, I was so – I mean, this happened at the same time what my worst call is going to be, which is North Carolina. But, I, you know, what happened in that Eastern Michigan game, if, if you had any money on it whatsoever, was criminal. It was one of those kinds of losses where you consider retirement from gambling because you're holding a three-possession lead and, you know, with – you know, three out of the last four drives of the game, you lose the cover. And you had not, not just a three-possession lead, but you had six points, six six or six-and-a-half points, and you didn't cover any of that. Eastern Michigan, and then there was a broken run late, and then they ended up scoring. I mean, just – That performance was gut-wrenching. Like, it, I, had to, I had to go take a walk. I had to put myself on mute for a while. I should have called into the voicemail. You should have. It's a lesson learned. All right, let's get to your voicemails. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Action Network Podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Let's check this week's messages. Gentlemen, you, you guys ever hear the, the phrase of just sometimes let the dead sleep? Apparently, apparently the Big Ten will never do that. By the way, it's Martin from Chicago. But yet, somehow, still withering away into the dust with one eye barely twitching, can see the Northwestern under 44 in sight, can believe that maybe, just maybe, a Big Ten under might hit on top of the fact that the commissioner is trying to steal the playoff from us. No, no, we do the lateral. We do the stupid f***ing lateral. So now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go eat a cheesesteak. And then I'm going to fart. So, yeah. By the way, Kevin Warren really sucks. Yeah, Northwestern and uh, laterals. Not yeah. a, I was on Northwestern against Ohio State. Not the best combination. Uh, I'll get my best call away. My best call of the day was North uh, was Michigan State. Not being afraid to hit them plus 14, which I thought was an outrageous line. They went outright against Northwestern at the very end. Peyton Ramsey with five seconds to go. There's laterals, and uh, Michigan State scores a touchdown on the last play of the game and puts the game over. Brutal. Your best bet was my bet regret because we sat there and had the conversation during the podcast last week. You said, do we have to bet Michigan State? I said, we absolutely have to bet Michigan State, and guess who didn't? I didn't. So, bet regret for me. Uh, good call if you had Michigan State. Yeah, I'm sure. I guess we'll get to, we'll get to the worst call now. It's got to be UNC and the UNC over. And I have to give all the credit to Clark Lee and that – Notre Dame defense, they held UNC to 60 yards in the second half. Yeah, and I, I was even able to, you know, snag an early number over seven and snag it again while I was at, uh, you know, snag it again while I was in Vegas uh, around five and a half. And uh, that didn't work out at all, but it was really the second half. I don't – I know we're calling it a worse call, and I know everybody lost because they backed UNC with us. But we have to really give some credit to the Notre Dame defense because Sean Crawford – one of their safeties gets injured. He comes out and then Hamilton gets ejected, gone for the game. And somehow North Carolina is gaining 60 yards in the second half after those two things happen, after they lose their safeties. That is one of the most impressive defensive performances I've seen the entire year. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame can beat Alabama, but I think that they have a legitimate 100% stronghold on being the second best team in the nation, especially with that defense. Yeah, I had a bump. Notre Dame up significantly. What a just a deflating game to watch is someone with UNC and the over after it was like 14, 14, 10 minutes yeah. in. 
and then nothing, nothing, nothing the rest of the way. And I who would have thought that the, the nuts was actually taking, uh, I remember sitting there staring at it in the book. Uh, the nuts was taking Notre Dame like minus 135, minus 140 on the money line for the second half. When it's supposed to be time to be playing Sam Howell in the second half, they absolutely shut down the, the fourth quarter king. Yep. Props to Clark Lee and Notre Dame. Colin Stuckey, the Bo Nicks ambassador. Got to call in be gracious in defeat or some stupid shit like that. Probably the worst in Iron Bowl I've ever seen. We just got absolutely smacked. Bad play on Bo Nick's part, bad coaching, Seth Williams stone hands, couldn't even get there for the over, which I thought was a lock. Like, well, guess I can just bet Bowling Green for the rest of the year, bet against them. No, they play Akron this week, can't put no money on that, they only have two games anyways. Now I'm going to have to listen in for all these Alabama fans to use their rollover minutes on Monday's voicemails. Cheers. Good luck. By the way, we are betting Akron this week, baby. Yeah, Early it is. Teaser, Akron minus three. This is no secret. I mean, both you and I have already put it in on the app. I mean, I was there for the opener. You and I like uh, Akron this week. We are going to prove that Akron is not the basement, that Bowling Green is the basement of this conference. Cannot wait. Game of the weekend. Stucky, Colin, this is Tyler from Philly. I got one thing to say to you guys. C, C, C. Ka-ka! Kick off. What's up, fellas? Pretty easy f***ing win, I'd say. Uh, there wasn't really a doubt ever. Bad weather, doesn't stop us. Seven touchdowns. On delivery. It's a huge week. Chomps are going to roll. Triple C dynasty. They live on 9-0. and Rank them higher, because next week's going to show. Let's f***ing go. Roll Chomps. Uh, yeah, you got to give credit to Coastal. All they do is cover. Yeah, well, I mean, we do, but I mean, I've had this spot circled forever, and I've already hit it here on Sunday night as you and I record. It was taking Liberty. I thought Liberty was opened way too high at uh, at seven today, and it came down to six. I was happy to get it on the six. I think it should be a little bit lower. I think it's going to be a competitive game with Liberty. But, I mean, if you're Coastal Carolina, you've wrapped everything up in the Sun Belt. You have Troy on December 12th, the following week. Uh, this Liberty game means nothing to you. I mean, your undefeated season is pretty unbelievable, right? But I think the Sun Belt is 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 more of the goal. So I'm not really sure what this Liberty team means on your schedule. But more importantly, Liberty has got the goods on the ground to give Coastal everything they've got. So Liberty was one of the first first bets that I made out of the gate today. You're going to get shit from Triple C Donacy crowd. Damn. I'm calling as a man that is battered and beaten into the ground by these college football games. In South Texas right now, where it has been raining all day, hasn't stopped. Georgia Southern, back-to-back weeks, has absolutely f***ed me. And then, OK State, running back, goes down at the two-yard line after a career day, don't want to pass the stats, he don't want to do none of that. The saying is, when it rains, it pours. This time, it is both metaphorical and f***ing literal. I got to go to work now. F*** this, bro. How am I going to make it to work? I have work in an hour. I have no will to live. How the f*** do you blow a 19-point lead in the fourth quarter? How the f*** do you do that, Mike Gundy? And Desmond Jackson, wide open, wide open to score a touchdown to give me the 10.5-point cover. And he f***ing goes down. Are you f***ing kidding me? F*** you, Gundy. This is why you'll never win. Yeah, absolute joke. I had it too, part of my Saturday. Uh, No one takes knees in college football anymore. 
have lost about six bets this year because no one takes knees and they just score for no reason. And then Oak State takes a knee. It's fun. So we sit here on the podcast listening to Colin talk about how it's Oregon overs. It's got to be overs all the time. Oregon overs. They got terrible defense. Offense is good. So what do I do when I pull up the action app this week? There it is. Colin Wilson writing an article under 64 and a half. Uh, thank God I played the over. Colin, you fraud. Oh, by the way, that actually is my best call. I said Oregon defense is shitty. That line's a joke. Oregon State beeves. Pull out a huge win late. Do you want to answer to the caller? No, I mean, it's it's bad on me. I, mean, I wrote the article on Monday. Uh, the projection, I know, was 10 points lower. And, I mean, I, I, it's no excuse. It's Thanksgiving. It was early week. We had content deadlines. Uh, I think I had that piece written by Monday at noon. You and I podcasted on Tuesday at, like, 11 p.m. And by the time you and I started chatting about it, I said to myself, Jamar Jefferson's not going to get stopped. Oregon's not going to get stopped through the air. This could be a real problem with the projection that I have, and I can't see people stop scoring. You know, bad on me for having a write-up on a Monday and a a podcast on a late Tuesday night during a crunch week. uh, Just say I fucked up, and I will learn. Yeah, well, here's here's the deal. I fucked up, and I'm not taking an under again. I might not write an under for the rest of the year. Do you have any idea how disrespectful that is? I look forward to the under later in this podcast on one of these weekday games. Stuck, Colin. Colin, I'm calling in for some group therapy on that uh, Texas-Iowa State over. Absolutely criminal. That didn't hit. I've had, I had under in the Dallas-Washington game last night. Ruined Thanksgiving. I'm getting absolutely shredded at Churchill Downs. I don't know what else I need to do. I've picked up every piece of dog shit. My dog has shit. Like, there's many times no one was looking, I could have left it. But for good karma, I picked it up. And it's supposed to be paying off, and it's not. North Carolina, better come through for me here. And I need a couple of horses to run a little bit faster. Uh, Iowa State huh. is at the end. of uh, Dicker misses the kick at the end. Is that the end of Herman? Yeah, I mean, that's the end the of Herman. The fake punt. The, the fake punt, uh, Digger the kicker, missed the field goal. You know, when you wipe out your two coordinators and you come back the next year, you have no one else to blame but yourself. I'm not really exactly sure, you know, how Texas finishes in a, in a pandemic COVID year. But Brees Hall put out a tweet about 10 minutes, 15 minutes after the game. And he said, it's five-star talent versus five-star mentality. Listen, we've talked about this before. Texas is going to get every player in the world, but they can't develop anybody. And that's, that starts at the top, and that's got to change. Well, let me back up. Uh, that, that's a, a really upset and dejected locker room. I mean, we had guys in tears. That means we're headed in the right direction. <laughs> All right, look, guys, I thought I wasn't going to have to call this weekend. I really didn't until tonight. I mean, Kansas, what the f- are they coaching those guys to do? I mean, holy sh. I mean, I played some shitty Division Three football. I think we could go beat those guys. That's the worst Power Five Division One football team I've ever seen. They just give up points all over the board. And under, oh my goodness gracious, they're an under nightmare. They just spot points all over the place. And holy Arizona, a muffed field goal from 25 yards. I mean, Jesus Christ! All Friday, I can't, I can't do it. Now I got money riding on the bows. Hopefully Collins pick here can get me out of a, a little bit of a hole. Maybe claw me back to even for today. But goodness gracious. I had I had Arizona. We lose our quarterback on the first play of the game, and we muff a 25-yard field goal for the cover. I mean, 
I've seen it all. And yeah, that and then the Kansas under was going to make or break my night. I can't believe I bet the Kansas under. And then I bet it live. And then I bet it second yeah. half. And this team just gives up for six, seven non-offensive touchdowns a game. Matt, Max Duggan had like three completions, maybe the whole game. I don't know. Through three quarters, they, all of them went for touchdowns. It's embarrassing. It's either them or, or Syracuse. <clears throat> at least Syracuse had a lead at some point this weekend, even though they spiked the ball on fourth down Let's start with as time ran out to end the game this weekend. So I was able to tweet out my round-robin ticket from the book, <clears throat> and it did include a plus 650 on Syracuse. So that spike, that sack on third down for 20 yards, and then that spike on fourth down by Syracuse just had me wailing, laughing on the ground, uh, you know. But the good news is, is Hawaii did come through at the end of the night. That was a big win to cap off the night for us. Uh, I had him in that money line round, Robbins. Hopefully, everybody got to join. Siobhan Cordero did. He was just the third down king that entire game, running it, throwing it. He is everything to that team. It's going to be interesting to see what the latest is with San Jose State. San Jose State is supposed to host that game this week, uh, but they're not letting anybody play inside of Santa Clara County or at least have contact sports. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but as far as your TCU Kansas, you brought that up on the podcast. I, I did as much as I waffled on the Oregon, Oregon State, you brought up the TCU Kansas and I was like, nope, I am not getting involved in this. This Kansas team is an absolute dumpster fire. They just like to get into your wallet and burn your money. Sitting here at night just watching LSU backdoor cover the spread. Uh, watching this Kansas TCU under that Stucky threw in and just wasting money trying to get back on it live. And then also Sean Zarillo's UFC card that I decided to tail a little bit too is like one for eight right now. Like, Jesus Christ. Alright, this might be a little premature. But we're at the freaking bar, and we have Texas A&M minus 15 and a half, and they just punted on fourth and one, eight freaking yards. And LSU just marches right back down the field, and they might cover. There's 12 minutes left in the first quarter, but, I mean, they might cover. We have 15 and a half, and we are not looking good after a, a punt on fourth and one. What? All right. Have a good night. I mean, that LSU-Texas A&M game, that is one of the biggest – non-tradition rivalries with the most hatred. Uh, so I expected LSU to do everything to try to get some points on the board. But if you watch that game, they were talking keys to the game for Texas A&M. If you want to make the college football playoff, you've got to look really good against LSU. And this is the reason, like, listen, guys, the first bet that I made back in January uh, when we watched the national championship with LSU and Clemson was taking Texas A&M 30-1. to 1. And I'm glad that they're ranked fifth in the college football playoff, but you do not have the offense to embarrass somebody, even in LSU. You have, and you want to watch who's going to embarrass LSU? Alabama this weekend coming up is going to embarrass LSU. At Texas A&M, LSU was the easiest under I've had this entire season, that under 63, never in doubt the entire game because Texas A&M doesn't have the offense to put it up on terrible teams like LSU. And so I don't think – I wrote this this morning in the projections piece. I think if you're Cincinnati, even though you had the week off, you're looking at Florida not covering Kentucky by a half point. You're looking at Texas A&M can't score more than 20 points. I think if you're Cincinnati, you're sitting in a really good spot right now. You just you just remembered your LSU under. You're going to fall back in love with unders again. All right, moving on. Colin Stuckey, Harley from Baton Rouge again. I did not opt back in, but I did wait around for the whole f***ing game to finally see Max Johnson put it in the f***ing end zone. 14 points. That covers. 
Can't wait to see the 35, 38 points I'm going to get next week at home against Bama. Go Tigers. Oh, my God, that's terrible that I'm celebrating a 13-point goddamn loss to A&M. John from Long Island. You know, it's Saturday night. Beautiful weather outside, I might add, on Long Island. And instead, I'm in bed torturing myself watching this LSU team put up one of the most pathetic performances that I have ever seen. I don't care that it's pouring rain. I can send a a bunch of 10-year-old kids out there and they be able to put points up against this Texas A&M secondary. They're going between Max Johnson and TJ Finley. And this LSU team, they need to get their national championship revoked after this performance and the performance against Auburn. Like, this is a joke. (laughs) Texas A&M. Agriculture and mining. More like Texas A&M punched on fourth and one and then ruined the f- spread. I mean, f- what are we doing? We're up 20-0 the whole game, and then we and then we let a f- touchdown up with 38 seconds left. Are you f- kidding me? They should have blown the game dead for COVID an hour ago. I mean, f- we punt on fourth and one. That's what you get. I'm an A&M Aggie fan, Texas A&M. I have always been a Kellen Mond fan. I've always been a fan, but today, after the shit that I've been through, today, all the losses, OK State, Georgia Southern, Mississippi State, money line, he comes out here, 105 yards, are you fucking kidding me, Brad Johnson's son, out here, garbage time touchdown, defense doesn't have enough pride to hold the shutout, what the f- It's 3 a.m., I f***ing cash Hawaii. I'm still f***ing pissed about the Kansas Under. The fact that you made me bet the Kansas Under is f***ing embarrassing. They gave up a return touchdown. They don't know how to play defense. You made me bet that game and TCU covered by themselves. It's embarrassing. It's f***ing embarrassing. I'm f***ing sick of this sh-. I'm sick of it. Thank you, as always, everyone, to the voicemails. We love you. I'm sure they're only going to get better. By the way, I do have some hoodie winners. Jeff Green, throw him a hoodie. Call on Sucker, you're fantastic. Listen, they provide great insight into the game's terrific entertainment. Listen to the podcast for about a year, and I've learned a ton about the industry this weekend. Recap show with the voicemails. and must listen and brightens my Monday morning ride to work. The Daniels, this is bullshit clip when Colin recommended under. I'm me laughing my ass off this morning. Keep it up, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Producer will reach out or reach out to me or the producer will send you a hoodie. I, too, love the voicemails, even though sometimes they get me more down than you guys. But they keep us humble. Any other games? I, I do want to mention Michael Penix for Indiana at the half was 3 of 15 for, like, 20 yards. Yeah, That's a bad look for the Ohio State defense. Indiana ends up covering 27-11. But I wanted to bring that up. What? I also wanted to bring up Michigan. Bodog Jim. Don't gamble. Don't associate with gamblers. Avoid it like the, the plague. Let's check in with Bodog Jim. They lose to Penn State. Listen, Bodog Jim, you want to have your biggest victory since you've been in Ann Arbor? You find a way to cancel your game against Ohio State and keep them out of the Big Ten Championship. The way that the math works, if Ohio State doesn't play its game, against Michigan, 
Ohio State will be ineligible for the Big Ten Championship. So, Bodog Jim, Khaki's last stand. You're not going to win the game. Avoid the embarrassment. Find a way to cancel it. Be petty and keep them out of the Big Ten Championship. Oh, man, Twitter would explode. Indiana was a little bit of a box score fraud. Uh, I actually downgraded them in the power rating after that game against Maryland. I actually bumped Maryland up a little bit. I, I, I mean, Maryland is still playing a little bit feisty, but Indiana seems to be winning these games and putting up, you know, a, a decent enough score to make it look like they're hammering these opponents, but they're not. And I think the other – you touched on Ohio State not being able to go. Now, Northwestern is still fine. Now, they're done for the college football playoff, but they can still go to the Big Ten championship game. But are they going to play Indiana? Who's going to go to the college football playoff? I mean, this whole Ohio State could get in with a 5-0 record and maybe if two cancellations, a 4-0 record, then why don't we just admit what the college football playoff actually is? That it's just a glorified place for heavy blue chip farm, you know, recruits that go to Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and then some other random team that happens to have it all come together with a coach and a schedule and a couple of good players, and that's who it's going to be every year. I, I really feel – Honestly, I don't want to piss the Buckeye fans off, but if you're 4-0 or 5-0, and I'm not positive you should be in it. You haven't proven anything to me against any of the teams that you've played. Your, your secondary has been blown away. Your running backs have not proved anything to me. So, you know, Indiana, I downgraded them a little bit, you know, and I guess to jump off and piss another big fan base off, Clemson scored four touchdowns straight off four pit turnovers. Uh, that score was not as big as what it looked like. Pitt gave them excellent field position all night. I'm not sure Clemson has cured some of the things. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked great when he had the ball, but they were spotted excellent field position. They were given five turnovers, and four of them turned into uh, straightaway touchdowns right afterwards. So, you know, I know Pitt was one of the losses I had yesterday, but I don't know. The only team I think is good enough, should be in the playoff, should be ranked number one, and will win the national championship is Alabama. So there, there's enough uh, throwing Clemson and Ohio State under the bus. But this Big Ten thing is just a mess. Now with Northwestern losing, I'm not sure if you have a legitimate gripe to have anybody in the playoffs, especially if Ohio State finishes 4-0 and or 5-0. and I just want Bodog Jim to cancel. How great would that be? It'll save his job, and it'll fuck Ohio State. Can you imagine that? Saving your job? And- I, have a, I have a proposition that I propose that the winner of Akron Bowling Green gets a playoff spot. All right, let's take a look quickly at the college football with Tuesday morning football. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's midweek madness. I don't even know what the game is. Western Kentucky versus somebody. <laughs> Western Kentucky Charlotte, I think. It's, yeah. Is that right? Western yeah, Kentucky, he, Charlotte. Is there a line out? I know there was a line out last Yeah, there's, there's a line out there. Uh, Help me out here. What do we got? Yeah, BetMGM's got the lineup. They have it at Charlotte minus one and a half. Uh, this game is going to be played at 9.30 a.m. Tuesday. 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, I'm sorry. 9.30 a.m. God's country. Now, Charlotte. The whole world's going to bet this game. We better get it right. I'm going to bet this game. I, I'm gonna, I mean, I, I might have to put down my Tuesday morning Call of Duty session so that I can get some of this in. But We're going to get voicemails about I, this, all these island, this an island Tuesday morning game. Right. I hope everybody just doesn't shut the podcast off when I say this right now. I put in a bet on the under. This is bullshit. Uh, 
Oh, my God. You couldn't even go to Tuesday without the under. You say you're done with unders. You couldn't even last till Tuesday. I, I know. I couldn't even last 15 minutes in the box. I didn't even know this. Jesus Christ. All right. So, listen, I'll, I'll give it my best case scenario here, guys, because really this, this game was just scheduled, moved to Tuesday. Charlotte hasn't played since October. Okay? That's number one. Charlotte hasn't played since the month of October. Uh, these two teams rank 95th and 119th in seconds per play. Let me remind you, they're playing at 9.30 a.m. Central time. You know, the total is 47 and a half. Uh, that's three points higher than where I projected at. The weather, I believe, was an issue as I check in on it now. A crisp 37 degrees with 15 mile an hour winds that go sideline to sideline at Jerry Richardson Stadium it is not going to be pleasant weather. It is, again, a Tuesday morning at 10.30 a.m. These teams are slow. Charlotte is 119th in seconds per play. Listen, there's no explosiveness on these offenses. I know the defenses don't rank much better, but Western Kentucky is 17th in, pa- in defensive passing success rate. Western Kentucky is 20th, graded by 20th by PFF in tackling, and Western Kentucky is 11th in defensive coverage as graded by PFF, the latest PFF rankings. So I think points will be hard to come by. Uh, One last thing, offensive finishing drives for Western Kentucky, they rank 106th. (laughs) Who's scoring a whole bunch? I know, it's probably going to go over. But listen, the pace dictates it. The finishing drives dictates it. The time, the weather, I don't know how you're taking it over in this, but that's where I'm at. All right, well, I'm going to bet the under two, and then – because I need to have action on this while I'm prepping for the week. We might have college hoops at the same time going, too. There's hoops every hour of the day going on these days. Yeah, but and then if we if we lose, myself and the podcast callers can call in and have some fun with you. I just can't believe I was like, you, you say you're done with unders. I'm like, I can't wait to hear the, the weekday under and the first game on Tuesday morning. It's an under. <laughs> oh, wow. You gotta be shitting me. That's awesome. These are slow. Uh, they can't score. I mean, I'll else? join you. I'm just laughing after you said you're double under. Sorry. Thursday, there's two games. Another conference USA game. La Tech at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Three and a half point favorites at North Texas. Anything here? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to question whether or not North Texas has given up on the season uh, for. Two to four-point dog against UTSA, and Sincere McCormick, I think, went for 100 touchdowns, uh, ran wild. North Texas couldn't get anything going through the passing game, and uh, I think that was um, a signature that maybe the team has checked out. Uh, I'm not saying it's good to get into Louisiana Tech. I know this falls right into where we have a projected action network at minus one and a half, so minus three. Uh, was nothing that was too far off from what we have. I believe our total in the pace report is going to come out at about 61 so really no play here. If we had to play something, I would say that there would be an over. We all know North Texas is top five in seconds per play. Uh, and Louisiana Tech is, uh, you know, <laughs> no stranger to scoring points themselves. So I would lean North Texas on the side, but I think they've given up. I would lean more to the over. As far as Air Force and Utah State. Yeah, Air Force uh, like 10 and a half at Utah State. Uh, yeah, power rate this at nine. The under really is what intrigued me because I projected at 45, uh, comes out at 51. Uh, but what scares me is I got into the trench numbers for Utah State. When you get into the trench numbers for Utah State, you're looking at defensively 123rd in line yards. That is not good against Air Force in the triple option. 89th in PFF and tackling. Uh, 105th in stuff rate. 
you can't be outside the top 100 in these ground categories and take on an Air Force team that's running the triple option. So ultimately, probably a no play for me. But if I had to back a team, I'd back Air Force because I can't see how Utah State has any puts up any resistance against Air Force. All right. uh, There you have it. We'll be back, obviously, on Friday morning covering the entire week 14 college football slate. We have Bowling Green, Akron. But if that doesn't interest you, uh, we do have some other good games to get to. And we'll get to the whole slate as usual. By the way, if you're listening right now, just take just take one minute and go to iTunes or whatever platform you're using. Unsubscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Leave a review. Leave a five-star review. We give shit away. I'll, I'll eventually end up giving cash away too. Uh, but it really helps us out. It's a way for us to get up the rankings, and we'd really appreciate it if you just take two seconds. And even if you don't want to leave a review, rate us, and we appreciate it. Appreciate all of you. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. All right, before we get out of here, we do have to cover – we have Tuesday Night Football. The Ravens are 10-point underdogs at Pitt, over under 41. I took some under. I don't know how to really cap this side yet. I, I, I mean, the Ravens have – I think there's going to be more guys out. Their strength and conditioning coach had COVID, and he wasn't wearing a mask, and he wasn't reporting symptoms. So, every day there's just more people. that get it. Right now there's seven offensive starters out. RG3 is starting. You have a bunch of offensive linemen out. Your two running backs are out. Mark Andrews is now out. You have receivers now out. I mean, it's a disaster. The defense still should be okay, although they have linebackers out. Defensive, it's a disaster. And the Steelers, the Steelers haven't played anybody. Their schedule's an absolute joke, but we know their defense is really good. So I can't see the Ravens doing much. I think a good question, though, is is the Steelers a good tease piece possibly with the Seahawks on, you know, on Monday Night Football? Because, I mean, the Seahawks absolutely own that series if you're going to put a tease together between this Monday and Tuesday night stuff going on with all the COVID and, and the steam going on here, what, what would you do? I would never tease from 10 down. If you wanted to throw the Steelers into a money line parlay, I could see it. there's just so much uncertainty with the side. I still don't know who's going to play. We don't know how many more guys are going to be out, but I do know that the Ravens are really going to struggle on offense. They're probably going to go very conservative and try to win this game with their defense. Uh, If it even is played, I wouldn't shock me if this game gets canceled. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 
Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. Let's get to the Monday night game, which we know won't be canceled, or we assume. App at MGM, the Seahawks are six-point favorites, over under 48-and-a-half at the Eagles. Oliver, I have a write-up out on ActionNetwork.com, the Action Network app, which you should be checking out. We have, like, tons of write-ups. There's so many college basketball games, like almost every college football game. It's crazy the amount of content that we have going up every week. Shout-out to our editors in that aspect as well. But I took the under. I took some first half under. I took the game under. Uh, for a couple of reasons. By the way, these two teams met twice last year, once in the playoffs, once in the regular season. <clears throat> Oddly enough, both games ended 17-9. to Pretty crazy. That was the final score the Seahawks won both games. The Seahawks, look, they were letting Russ cook to start the year. Everyone was like, let Russ throw, let Russ cook. And it was working because Ru- Russ Wilson was playing at an insanely high level, which he just really couldn't maintain. Then regression hit. Um, you know, and, and back-to-back weeks against the Bills and the Rams. He had some bad turnovers. And then there was rumblings that Pete Carroll was going to go back to, you know, who they were over the past two years. The past two seasons before this one, they were number one in the NFL in run rate on first down. This year they were 24th. Well, last week against the Cardinals, you have Carroll go back to kind of his roots. You saw some more running. You saw some more 12 personnel, more conservative. That's where I think you're, they're going to continue – to trend the rest of the season. So I think they're going to run a lot more. And that plays right into the Eagles defense's hands that they're really strong against the run. On the other side of the ball, the Eagles offense is broken. I mean, let's just throw it out there. Carson Wentz has been miserable. He leads the NFL in turnover worthy throws. And it's not just all him because the wide receivers can't create separation. The offensive line is just musical chairs, new guy, moving parts, new guys, injuries all over. Now they lost Lane Johnson. Uh, it's it's a mess. He's not getting a protection. But even when he has a clean pocket, out of 37 qualified quarterbacks, he's 35th in the NFL in quarterback rating, only better than Jake Luton and Sam Darnold. It's not been good, even with a clean pocket. So the Eagles have said they're going to use Jalen Hurts more with the first-team offense. Uh, it's a rookie quarterback. I assume it's going to be a pretty conservative game plan. So I think both offenses are going to have more conservative game plans. I think that the – you know, the Eagles' defense has played reasonably well. It has struggled with mobile quarterbacks at times. That ultimately could be the difference in this game. Um, but, you know, third down defense, red zone defense, run defense, they've been good. And especially defending the explosive pass. They're top three in the NFL. That's really what you have to do against Seattle to kind of contain them. So, you know, I think this is going to be more like we saw last year in their two matchups. It's going to be a lower scoring game than most think. From a pace perspective, Seahawks are slow. Eagles are middle of the pack. And I think the Seahawks defense is actually going to start trending up. Seeing some positive signs against the Cardinals, a little bit against the Rams. They're getting healthier, which helps Shaquille Griffin will come back. They added Carlos Dunlap, which will help he automatically becomes their best edge defender. And Seattle is good against the run, which is all really Philly can do right now. Seattle's given up tons of explosive passes. Philly can't hit any explosive passes. And, you know, Seattle's linebackers are excellent. They're good against opposing tight ends. That's important against Philly. So I think from a matchup perspective across the board here, this sets up as a nice under. Just got to avoid some flukes um, on both sides of the ball. I make this four and a half fish. So I think there is a tad bit of value with the Eagles, but it's gross. I don't, I don't know if I want to go anywhere near, near this Eagles team. But we do know that the 
Seahawks only win games by one possession. 18 of their past 21 victories have come by a margin of one possession. So for me personally, it's an underplay, slight value on the Eagles. Let's get, an, let's get a third straight 17-9 final. I completely agree with you on the under. I mean, you know, just to throw a couple trends out there for this game that, you know, 10 of the last 12 games in Philly have gone to the under and these teams have played each other, you know, five times since 2014. And in that time, Seattle's won all five games. They've covered all five games and all five games have gone under. So, you know, to me, I wanted to take Seattle. The number's not out there that I want to get, but you're right. It's usually a one possession game. I think this is something where you look to get the under pregame. And, and if you're not comfortable with a six and a six and a half, then you look to get uh, hopefully an Eagles score at some point and get Russ at three. Uh, you know, but I, I do, I think this is a Seattle and an under game all the way. All right. There you have it. We need to go get to work, uh, start prepping for our NFL podcast or fantasy flex episode early in the week. Chris Raybon and I, we had a monster weekend in the NFL pod. We'll be back on Thursday morning with the NFL preview. Colin try to back up his monster weekend in college. I'll try to not direct you guys to better Kansas under. We'll be back Friday morning. Uh, so we appreciate you guys listening as well. Remember, review if you can. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. And we need to go get to work. We'll catch you all later. Cheers. Peace out. We're finished talking. <laughs>